Look! This is the Skeleton Crew. This is the second half of our Stephen King retrospective. We already covered Pet Cemetery, Secret Window, and now it's time for the grand finale, Stephen King's It. This is going to be a big one. That's why we saved it for the very end of the Stephen King retrospective. And I am joined, as always, by Dan Chase... And my name is Alex, and we are joined by special guest host, Ryan Murphy. Ryan, thank you for coming on the show, and let's get right into it. It's going to be a detailed show and definitely fun, so let's get going. Beep, beep, Alex. I want to kill it. I just want to forget about it. It's not just us. It's all the other kids, too. Who's going to be next? It kills kids, damn it. You killed my brother George, you bastard. Let's see you now. Maybe it's the water. The water? Maybe it's the sewer. Hi, Georgie. Pennywise. Big white guy, red nose. About 75 feet tall, mouth full of razor sharp teeth. You smell that? That's death. Losers fight it. Losers die. They all flow! Alright guys, it is time for my favorite Stephen King adaptation. This is uh, It from 1990. This started off, it was a little TV miniseries. It was two episodes. It aired in uh, November 1990. Part 1 was like November 18th. Part 2 was November 20th. And the plot, the storyline here is, In 1960, a group of social outcasts who are bullied by a gang of greasers led by Henry Bowers, 
are also tormented by an evil demon who can shapeshift into a clown and feed on children's fears and kill them. After defeating the demonic clown as kids, it resurfaces 30 years later and they must finish it off as adults once again. And this movie is directed by a very cool guy named Tommy Lee Wallace. He was he was the director of Halloween 3 and he worked on Halloween and I think he worked a little bit on Halloween 2 also, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so this movie is starring Jonathan Brandis uh, as a young Bill. Uh, mm-hmm. Brandon Kane is a young Ben. Adam is a young Eddie. Tim Curry is Pennywise the Clown. You know him yes. from Home Alone 2 and uh, Rocky <laughs> Horror Picture Show and some other stuff. Uh, Emily Perkins is a young Beverly Marsh. Ginger Snaps. Yeah, she was in Ginger Snaps. That's right, man. Oh, I want to say this real quick, too, uh, for people listening. Um, Okay, so we're doing the It show, and we wanted to find somebody else that that was a bigger It fan than Alex. And that was tough, but uh, (laughs) we we saw saw some people out, and uh, we've been wanting to have them on for a while, too. So just uh, real quick, everybody welcome Ryan Murphy to the show. What's up, Ryan? Hey. (laughs) What is up, Ryan? No, Ryan, uh, you've been listening to the show for a while, and thanks, man. And, you know, I had to put a few feelers out because I'm, I'm real passionate about it. I really like it. People are always on the fence, and we all know which side of the fence they they like more than the other side. It's, it's always obvious, but uh, I think you're like me. You like the whole movie as a whole, right, pretty much? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, wow. you know, thanks for hopping on and reviewing this movie with us. And No problem, man. Yeah. So it starts off in the town of Derry. Just like Friday Thirteenth Part Two, you hear a little kid singing "Itsy Bitsy Spider." <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, that's foreshadowing because <laughs> the end of the movie it comes back. <laughs> you know, I never, I never oh, thought of it like that. Me either, now. dude. <laughs> yeah, right. Never thought about that. Me and Ryan are so blown away by it. Like, wow, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is like revol- <laughs> revolutionary. Like, I would have never thought about that. This review was already badass. <laughs> doesn't take much, does it? <laughs> yeah. You just changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> you just shook that shit up real quick, son. He seriously did. And yeah. then Tommy Lee Wallace steals a uh, page from John Carpenter and has Pennywise the Clown hiding behind some laundry <laughs> hanging on a line. Oh, that that's is like, right. Oh, shit. That's like the creepiest. That's one of the creepiest, I feel like, shots. In like movie history, yes, of like the the sheet just blowing and him standing behind it, looking at his victim. It just looks like freaky. Oh, you know it's weird. First he's happy, and then as it blows around, they show him again. He looks angry, and I don't know which one is scarier. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I mean, it's just like a spider luring its like a fly to its nest. It's like oh smiling. snap! Wow, <laughs> I never th- smiling. Yeah. <laughs> Smiling to lure her in, and then whenever he's got her, man, he's got her, and he, he's all on well, I'm getting right, and that's why Tim Curry play, plays this uh, role so beautifully. And it's it's all about you know kids love clowns. That's another thing. We, did you guys ever love clowns as kids? I was always fucking scared of them. I think. Well, I watched <laughs> this movie first when I was five. I've always kind of viewed clowns as kind of like it, maybe. <laughs> but I've never really had. Oh. I've always kind of been indifferent about them. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know what I mean? <laughs> I never even thought about clowns, to be honest with you. I mean, they were, they, for the most part in my childhood, they were always pretty creepy because 
even in Pee-wee's Big Adventure, that I grew up with that. And when those clowns were fixing his bike and stuff, and they were all like, oh. dancing around, they were all creepy looking. And, so creepy, dude. Yeah, I, I don't know. I never thought about clowns. Like, I was never a kid who went to the circus much, I'll be honest with you. So uh, after this little girl gets uh, killed, so uh, my, an older version of Mike Hanlon finds a picture of Georgie. And we don't even know who that Georgie. is. It, it looks creepy either way, but we don't know who that is at this point. It's like, you know, okay, and it must mean something. He says it's back. So now it kind of builds tension, like, what's back? And, well, obviously, you know, it's the clown, but now you know it's it's back, and it, it's uh, it's been a problem. So, so you immediately cut to uh, Bill, who is his older form at this time, and he's married to the person that played Norman Bates' mom. Hey, she's hot, and he's a fucking idiot, too. Oh, I got a hot wife in the other room? Let me go right, you fucking Melvin. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? Fuck. And, dude, what's with that hair? Holy shit, Oh, man. my God. Oh, my right. God. Okay, I was going to comment about that, but I was like, I hope, yeah, like, yeah. no one listening has a ponytail, because I don't want to offend anyone. <laughs> but that ponytail is just intense. But, dude, it's not even, it's not the fact that he has a ponytail. That might be cool, but he, he has short hair in the front. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying, if you look at his ponytail, it's in a way where, if you look in the front, you have no idea he's a ponytail. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Like, but if you look at from the back, you're like, he has a ponytail. Like, not just a ponytail. <laughs> he's got a ponytail. Dude, you got a, you're rocking a ponytail. You know what I look at that as? I look at that as a last-ditch effort to hold on to the 80s. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, that, it was 1990. This guy was very confused. So, hey, I mean, maybe it was part of the 80s. I mean, look at right. 2010. It's kind of like uh, 2008, you know? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, but not really. But in a lot of ways, it is. I know. Uh, the, well, the, well, the, the way they do it, they break it into stories about each kid leading up to the whole introduction of all the kids. So the first kid uh, that we get introduced to is Bill. And, you know, we made fun of his hair. Yeah. And he has a flashback of him as a kid. And uh, what happened to him and his experience is that his brother Georgie wanted to make uh, a little sailboat. He wanted to seal it with paraffin and sail it on a, a little stream when it rains. So the boat uh, falls in the sewer. Lift, like that whole scene, man, his head popping up out of the fucking... Oh, yeah. Like that's, an, that's iconic right there. So iconic, bro. Fuck so yeah. perfect. And yep. what really sucks me into this whole movie is... It's it's the performance of Tim Curry as that clown. So good. It is gripping, man. Like amazing. Mm -hmm. You just want you want to watch everything he says and just yeah. captivate. Hi, Georgie. Aren't you going to say hello? Oh, come on, Paco. Don't you want a balloon? supposed to take stuff to the strangers. My dad said so. Very wise of your dad, Georgie. Very wise indeed. I, Georgie, am Pennywise the Dancing Clown. You are Georgie. So now we know each other. <laughs> Can you rest? I guess so. I gotta go. Go? Without this? My goat! Hey! Exactly. Go on, kiddo. Take it. Oh, you want it, don't you, Georgie? Oh, of course you do. 
and there's cotton candy and rides and all sorts of surprises down here. And balloons, too. All colors. Do they float? Oh, yes. They float, Georgie. They float. And when you're down here with me, you float so! Choices like uh, he, you know, these are all just words on paper, man. And this guy is like, he's just like exactly, and it's and it it gets you like excited as a little kid. And he's like, instead of just saying, "Do you want a balloon?" He's like, right. "Do you want a balloon?" Like he like like, "Do you want a balloon?" Like stretching it out, you know, like the stylistic things. Yeah, the stylistics of even when he says. Oh yes, Georgie. They float. They all float. Like what? he didn't have to do that. Like he could have just went. Oh yeah, Georgie. They float. They all float. And when you're down here, you'll float too. You know, like he could have made a lot of bad choices. He could have played it. He could have played it in a different way, to where it was more like a jolly than like ham it up. You know, he didn't ham it up way. at all. No, 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 he was that character. Yep. That was impressive, and I think that. If even if someone don't like this movie, I don't think anybody. I don't think I've ever heard a bad word about Pennywise himself. No, well, that's that, what dude. I think. I think all the. I think the whole movie is solidified by basically awesome performances from the whole cast. Like, oh, really? Adults, everyone really. Guys, guys, I gotta ask you now. Legitimately, you guys can tell me that that was solid acting from everybody. I thought it was. I mean, maybe not. Like, what's a specific? instant where you didn't think it was it was like a um uh, uh it was like a uh, children's version of acting to me and, and and what i mean by that is yeah obviously they're all kids but it seemed like they were this was their first gig here's the thing stephen king writes his shit that way i totally understand that but i just yeah. thought that the but and it was a direct reflection because i've read parts of it so it was um it was definitely a reflection of his writing in general and you look at kind of ensemble cast the how we creates friends and stuff like that you look at mm-hmm. Dreamcatcher. a lot of his movies stand by me even look at that shit you know so it's all about you know the group and stuff like that and i just thought as a group um these kids sucked like in acting these really? kids sucked at acting whoa the only one that was good was the kid from sidekicks with chuck norris <laughs> the, the only one i'll give you is is little Eddie was uh, not that great of an actor. Like, he knows, Bill. Gosh, I hate it when you stutter my name. Like, that that kid yeah. was not yeah. really... He's not a good actor. I'll give you that. Okay, good. Stan the man, Yurik, the uh, Jewish kid, he's he's not a good actor. Okay, I'll give you that. Okay, all right. See, good. Seth Green? He, great. He, um, he's, he's just who he is. I mean, that's... that's Seth Green. That's who he is, yeah. I mean, Bevy, you know... Beverly was great. I thought she was great. I thought, she was good. Like, whenever her good. dad... You know, getting on to her about you talking to some boy. Yeah. Getting love yeah, from some yeah. boy or whatever. I yeah. thought that she showed some really good acting on that part. Yeah. yeah. And he was actually a bad actor. I thought his acting was worse than hers in that. Though, like, look at the dad. Uh, the uh, the dad of, I think, I believe it's both those kids or whatever. That was so... Oh, old. that was bad acting. Uh, okay, okay. So, so I'm glad you guys... So, you guys have agreed with me, and I've agreed with you. So, I, maybe I, that was too harsh of a statement, all the kids or yeah, whatever. Yeah, not all of them. Just, yeah, there's... Yeah. 
But I'll say, and I, I don't want to kill this movie, guys, because I really do like it. But at the same time, I cannot get past. I'll, I can't get past it, but it's so glaringly obvious sometimes. It's the acting that's the biggest problem for me, and the fact that it feels like a made-for-TV movie. The, my biggest thing that makes it seem like a TV movie is when you've got the things like when they reunite. And when they build the freaking dam, when you got that music in the background, yeah, everything's yeah, jolly yeah. and amazing. Now, that's freaking yeah. corny. That, that, yeah. I don't know, that's freaking, like, you know. Okay, good. Okay, right. yeah, yeah. And the other bad acting maybe was the police officer. He's like, I want all your kids to stay down here. Velma Daniels was murdered. And like, Velma, yeah, yeah, Velma Daniels. Doesn't it, but dude, doesn't it seem like a 1930s, 40s fucking... But it's hey, supposed kid. to, though. It's supposed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The greasers and all that. It's supposed right. to have that, that well, vibe. Like. If that's what it was going for, then they succeeded. I just felt like it, it wasn't for me. <laughs> well, maybe I think that, like, a lot of me is kind of blind. Maybe not blinded, but maybe sometimes, like, there might be a problem with it or something. And I have so much freaking nostalgia for this Nostalgic. Like, and I, that's, yeah. And that is, like, nostalgia's a bitch sometimes because it's just, like, you want to, you know what I mean? Oh. Like, no, I disagree, man. You got to embrace that shit. Love that shit. I, ne- I never apologize for fucking liking anything, dude. Why should you? Because it's like, hey, man, this is me, dude. Like, I get enjoyment. Yeah. Hater. Maybe that Thelma Daniels line is my favorite line out of any movie ever. Like, <laughs> what is it? You know, like... Those things that Dan's mentioning, I agree, but I guess I just, it's one, it's one of those things where I just don't care and I, I care. forgive it. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. like, whatever. It's such a great movie that, yeah, this acting's bad, that acting's, that acting is bad, but to me, I, I just try to imagine that they're just weird people and that's how they act. Hey, yep. that is a weird town. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking kiddos. <laughs> no, it is a weird, it actually is a weird town. Yeah. The kid gets killed. He gets his arm ripped out of his socket. They don't show that, but and there's another cool thing about up. the movie. Yeah, it's fucked up. It's well, killing kids all around. Dude. Yeah, that's... that's cool that they go there, and this is a TV movie, man. So that's cool. The really cool thing is that this movie is psychological all the way because it literally doesn't show you almost anything, and it's all in your mind, and that's what it is. It's all in their minds, and. Oh, yeah. eventually you do get the physical manifestation and the cold hard facts at the end but throughout the movie it's all psychological and you don't see anything it's all the fears in your own mind so right. the audience literally lives lives the characters and that's what's cool about it so uh the so, so the kid dies bill's feeling bad he goes in the bedroom the, the book flies out of his of uh, georgie winks at him the book flies out it's bleeding and here's another awesome part which makes you take a ride along with the kids and not anyone else is when the book is bleeding and the parents can't see it and so that means that we see it with him and no one else does good that's just shit like, that's just like the later scene bevy is in the bathroom and that fucking balloon explodes and her right? father is rubbing his rubbing her rubbing the blood on her face and he so doesn't weird. see it but he has to act like a spider went down the fucking drain. But she knows better that there's blood all over the place. Yeah, like she's looking like, she's like, what? You, don't you don't you see this? And then she, she doesn't even know what to say about it. She's like dumbfounded. She's like, um, a, a, a spider. And when she did that, I could picture myself doing that. Like if I saw something fucking oh, yeah. crazy like that and my parents. Because you can't. Like, you don't want someone to think you're like, you know, nuts. Right. Like, 
that's what you do. You go, you don't see that. You really, this is obvious. He's not seen it. I, I, I got to say something, and you, you just say, okay, it was a spider. I don't, I don't know. He ran down the drain, you know. <laughs> so that's that's amazing, and that takes you on their journey, uh, and you're you're now an insider with them, and everyone else is an outsider, and that's an awesome way to uh, to to do with the audience. You're right, bro. Yep. Yeah, it's awesome. So Mike Handelin's basically, uh, he's the black gentleman. He's he's calling everybody to ask them to keep their pact, which they made, which we all find out what that pact was. To, and basically, it's to come back to Derry if uh, this it, the, the clown, did not die. Of, you know, so, so here's a really weird thing that's going to freak you guys out. So the next thing you see is New York City. And it shows the whole city, the Twin Towers, and it pans to the building that John Ritter lives in. And John Ritter is the character Ben Haskum as an adult. Now, want to hear what's freaky? Mm. Yeah. The introduction to John Ritter's character is the World Trade Center Twin Towers in New York City. John Ritter died on September 11th, 2003. I know it's not like amazing connection like we talked about before, but come on, that's a little right. weird, man. Right, it's oh, like yeah. crazy like coincidences that happen with things like that. Yeah. yeah, that's just weird to me. So, but that's cool. So he's 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 with this, uh, I guess, '80s hot Spanish chick. Uh, if girls do their hair that way today, they're not hot. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so he gets the phone call from Mike. He does his flashback. So number two flashback, Ben. He's the fat kid in school. He's- hey guys, what well, you know what, Alex? It's funny we both picked um, movies that have to do with like mind fucks, like flashbacks, and <laughs> you know what I mean for our Stephen King show. You know we it and, and, and Broken Window. Yeah, instead of picking Christine. <laughs> exactly. Instead of Secret Window, we did Broken Window. No, broken Window. Yeah. yeah. Ah, my brother. Sorry. Go ahead. Continue. Yeah. I had to. Wait one. Th- one thing I want to. Wait one thing I want to point out about. The you know the first introduction to him, yeah, yeah. he fucking breaks his architect award. He right? falls on the ground. Right, John? She's like, yeah. Oh Ben, you broke your architect award, and he's like, oh, it's a tragedy. It's like what? <laughs> it's an American tragedy. Yeah, that's what it says. <laughs> I always like that part always stood out to me because it's like what? The hell? Yeah, here's what's interesting about that. What is wrong with him? Because. Any normal person, he's a successful guy, he's banging a hot Spanish chick, he lives in a nice place in New York, he's on Time Magazine. What is, what is it about him that he's so disconnected and he can't enjoy this? Right, right. I mean, you gotta think mm-hmm. about the fact that when he gets a phone call, he leaves the chick and goes stand on the roof. Almost suicidal. And that's that's strange because is is it bothering him his whole life? Because they did make one mention that every one of them were not married. None of them had kids. And and is that some kind of curse? Are they all unhappy? Yeah. I don't know, because some seem to be doing fine. So I wonder what Ben's problem is. None of them are really doing fine. Yeah, you think? Right. Like, maybe financially, but Bevy... No, they're all fucked up. Eddie's stuck with his mom. Mm-hmm. Mike... Is forced to be the lighthouse keeper, and he's you know, you know, poverty and stuff. Right. What about the comedy guy? Well, he doesn't. I don't know. Well, I guess. And who else is there? Uh, oh, the Jewish guy. He seems all right. That's another thing. Like how much it has an effect on him. He happy one hundred percent life. He was about to like you know get it on, 
or whatever, and then he goes and kills himself because he got yeah. a phone call. Right, right. So uh, Ben, you know, he gets picked on by the bullies and stuff at school. The one weird thing is that when they direct the scene, when Ben, it's after school, and he sees the two bullies leaning by the fence, and all of a sudden yeah. he turns, and this guy's like right there. How could he not have seen him? <laughs> yes. Okay. Stuff like, stuff like that has happened recently. Like, but I watched Jurassic Park recently, where the Velociraptor comes comes up to them, and suddenly the T Rex grabs it in his mouth. How the hell did they not see that giant ass T Rex walk up into the room? <laughs> you know, like. Like movies do that stuff all the time, and it's like it's like, how do we suspend our disbelief? Yeah, they surprised us, but how do you surprise the characters? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's what happened here. So what I thought was freaking hilarious is, um, so these, you know, this guy's gonna, he's holding a knife to him, like he's really gonna cut him open. He's like, cut him, huh? Cut him? Oh, yeah. So Ben kicks him in the nuts. They throw him through the fence. He goes rolling down the hill. And the funny thing about it is. Before he even lands at the bottom of his fall down the hill, they're already yelling at him saying, I'm going to bury you. You're dead. You're dead. I know. Nobody pushes me, kicks me or whatever. It's like, dude, let the guy fall first and hit the floor. Like you're yelling at him. He's probably like, hold on. I can't hear you right now. I'm kind of, when I'm, when I'm done with this, I'll take in the rest of your abuse. Hold on, I'm busy falling. Yeah, I can't really make out what you're saying. When my head gets yeah. done bashing against the leaves and trees, I'll, I'll, you know, like, holy shit, man. Let the guy breathe a second before you yell more threats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they go down and they meet Bill and Eddie making a dam, a little baby dam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the interesting thing right away with Jonathan Brandis is um, he's, he's a great actor and all that kind of stuff, and, and he did great overall. But... God damn, he is the worst stutterer I have ever seen in my entire life. Like, he clearly never hung out with anybody who stutters. And oh yeah, neither did the guy who played him as an adult. I mean, neither one of these guys know how, how to stutter. <laughs> because I actually used to stutter as a kid. Oh, did you? Yeah, bad. I didn't know that. I couldn't start sentences. I'd be like, uh, 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 uh. like you can't, the breath escapes you. My dad used to have used to stutter. He told me whenever he was younger. Did he keep on reciting? He thrust his fist against the post and still insists he sees the ghost. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> I haven't really asked him. I'll ask him. <laughs> you should ask him if he did the the it rhyme to get overcome his stutter. I wonder if it works a lot. Like I wonder if it's a good you know method. <laughs> yeah, imagine if it's, imagine if they get worse. <laughs> so then Ben Hanscom has the elute the delusion of his dad. Oh, that's a crazy scene. Yeah, that's a crazy scene. And it's funny how they cut because there's no... Um, I would actually like to see the transition of his dad being normal, then suddenly balloons in his hands, and then suddenly he has the pants of... Yeah, like, and the buttons on his um, yeah. suit. Like the little, you know, the, <laughs> the, poofy the button. pom-pom things. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, but you they keep on uh, cutting to, Penny, uh, to, to Ben's reaction, and then you go back and see... Oh, yeah. I like that. It's like, it works in both ways. Yeah. Like, it's a nice way to not have to, like, show them the same shot and changing. And it gives them a, you know, a way to do it technically, but also it looks good because it feeds in both the changing and his, like, reaction to the changing. Yeah, it's fluid, and it's uh, it's actually, uh... Yeah. Like, when we see it, even we're like, what the hell? He has balloons. And also, like, what the hell? Who's this, like, why is this guy standing over there? That's kind of weird in the suit. And then, uh. you know... No, it's awesome. I love that. That's that's a classic creepy moment. 
What do you think about the swamp skeleton that comes out afterwards? Do you think that well, should have not been there? Or? I think it's a good, you know, it's a little bit technically dated. Right. The way it is, like, viewing now. But I think it's, I think it's good because it's kind of like that's his dad and his dad's dead. Right, yeah, yeah. His dad's actually dead, yeah. Pennywise mocking him in a way where it's like, I, your dad's not really alive. This is really your dad. Yeah, he's exactly. Yeah, you right. know, kind of like an asshole move if Pennywise, but, you know, that's what he does. No, he's, a, he's definitely an asshole. When it's Ben's dad and he's kind of, I don't know what he's really doing to Ben. I would say coaxing him. I guess he's telling him to come here or come live with me or something. I don't know what he's really, the point of that was, except just to freak him out. What's interesting is uh, he says... Look, Ben, I got balloons, and they float. They all yeah. float. Why do you think Pennywise got hung up on the float? They all float. Like, what was it about Georgie saying that? And what triggered in Pennywise's mind that this is such an interesting uh, aspect to 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 the, the where the dead kids are and wherever that is? Oh, because if you look back later in the movie. All his cocoons are floating in the air. Is that what that is? He, he wraps up all the bodies in like a spider-like webbing, and they're hanging from the ceiling of the cave place, you know, the sewer. So that's what he I, That's what I always thought, because they're floating. Yeah, I guess you could figure hanging is floating in a way. Yeah, I guess Georgie was actually right, and Pennywise was so into the idea. He's like, yes, they float. They all float. So yeah, and he just said that to this whole entire group of kids. Now I wonder, did he say that to Velma Daniels? Did he say that to you know all the other people? Yeah, you know, I wonder. Then you move to Beverly Marsh, and she works. She's a owner of a sweatshop mm-hmm. clothing manufacturer. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, hey, <laughs> hey, you never know. You know, they have a big deal of a lifetime with a guy who's clearly controlling. Uh, you know what else? I, one little thing that. M- most people probably don't notice, or they might notice it, because I think I notice things that people don't, but they do. Um, mm-hmm. When he pushes her hair back behind her shoulders, and then he goes, no, leave it like this, it's perfect. And then she pushes... Says, don't touch it, yeah. Yeah, he says, don't touch it. She moves it forward again, and then the very next scene where they're walking to the Chinese people, it's back again. <laughs> so he said, yeah. he saw it and put it back. So she cannot stop having him control her, and that, that was interesting. Yeah. After they make the deal of a lifetime, they uh, pop some champagne, and he's like, whoa, and he drinks it. (laughs) And during that time, Beverly gets a call from Mike, and uh, you don't really get to see too much at this time. The guy goes back upstairs, they have an altercation, and this pussy gets knocked out with something that she threw off of her her makeup. Yeah, I always thought of, like, she, she, she hit him in the head. With, like, what, some kind of makeup or lotion or some little jar? He hits the fucking ground. Like, he is out. He was getting a belt, and he was snapping. He said, it's been too long since the last time. This guy whips, this guy tears the hide off of her uh, whenever she steps out of line. Like, what is she doing? This is a successful, probably millionaire-type person who's who has everything going for her. What is she doing? And I guess it's just because that's how she was raised. She thinks it's normal. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that. Yeah. But. Um, but the thing that, that is such a pussy about him is that not only does he get knocked on the floor, but he couldn't even get up off the floor when she's leaving. Oh, yeah. He was, he was like, it looked like he was, you know, fearing the Reaper, like, yeah. <laughs> he, like looking at her, he was, you know, yeah, I had to throw that reference in there because it was, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> so, yeah, he couldn't get up. She leaves. She goes in a cab, and she's heading to Derry because yeah. Mike asked her to. And uh, so then you get her background. She has a drunken loser dad that, that hits her. But luckily, oh, yeah, we see him hit her once. I think he slaps her once. Yeah. Yeah, and that's cool. This movie has tons of call callbacks all the time. There's oh, callback. yeah, I love that. Yeah, and that that's it's almost like, uh, and blame me, I'm not comparing, but it reminds me sort of like a Saw movie, how Saw has so many callbacks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I love those. That's what makes movies great when you yes, put that's them. What, that's what's so genius about the Saw series is because they have so many. The, the whole series is just so intertwined and moving and, you know, like so much detail put into it. That's how I feel about, the movie, you know, it. Yeah, it's psychologically thought out. Oh, yeah. In her flashback during that, she actually meets Richie, who was played by Seth Green, and she meets uh, Stan the Jew something, and uh, yeah. he says away a lot, and he's smart because he's Jewish, and Stan, yeah. the other guy's a comedian, who does mm -hmm. voices, and oddly enough, we never hear any of his voices. I mean, there's a couple where he's like, hey, sweetheart, and stuff like that. Yeah. But what is that? Then they build the dam at that point, and then after that, she goes... And she has a crush on Bill. Like, the whole, like, love triangle, yeah. Yeah, there's a love triangle, and they're all ten. And there's actually a very strange part of this movie that I'll get to later. Um, I'll get to it at the end of the first half. So, because um, that's where it supposedly took place. I think I know what you're talking about, and I was going to mention that, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> then you get to the balloon we talked about. It popped in the sink. You hear... And it, this is an amazing yeah. scene. You hear Pennywise, like, gargling. Oh, yeah. And it's cool, because he's, like, gargling... And he's, it's like he's talking under the blood in the sink, and it's just amazing. Uh, he's like, I love the part, like, when she's listening to the drain, like, it's, like, creepy, like, how, like, you know, he's like, oh, I'm so-and-so-and, and I'm so-and-so-and, and we're the dead kids. And we're the dead kids. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. That creepy. Balloon, it comes straight up out of the drain. <laughs> yeah, and pops, yep, it's awesome. The fourth flashback. Oh, yeah, and we talked about the spider. She lied about being the spider. So the fourth flashback is uh, Eddie, the kid with asthma. He was an L7 weenie, for sure. <laughs> if anyone likes the sand lie. <laughs> yeah, right? That's what he was. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a total mama's boy, and it never oh, ends. Yeah. Even being successful, he's still a mama's boy. Um, he, he, he runs a limo company, but he still lives with his mom. Yeah. So right away, you know, because he's literally Norman Bates, I mean, with, with the mom relationship. In the book, um, he is living, he has a wife, and she is like the mirror... Of his mother. Of his mother, yes. Wow. It really is, you know, like a kind of Norman Bates quality where um, a boy's best friend is his mother, you know? She even says that, I think. She goes, you don't need friends anymore. Yeah. You have your mother, you know, something like that. That's funny. I never, I never really like took the whole thing about you know psycho and Norman Bates with that kind of approach. You know. Yeah. No. Definitely. Never really thought of it like that. Yep. His flashback is the kids are in the movie theater. They're watching "I Was a Teenage Werewolf." I believe they are watching the official movie too. I think it's really on the screen. Yeah, that's the one they're watching. And when 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 you're, they're watching that movie and the kids are screaming in the movie theater, <laughs> at what point did it go from people screaming that? Through that much throughout a movie compared to the dead silence you get now when you watch a movie. <laughs> oh well, I've been to I've been to a couple. 
uh, he accidentally kicks the soda over and it lands on the uh, the greasers. And Richie Tozer decides to make it ten thousand times worse. And he says, "If the mo- if the movies were as ugly as you, I wouldn't leave the house or something." He dumps popcorn on him, or or it's the other way around. No, right? it's the opposite. Yeah, I was say, and the greasers point of view i'd be pretty pissed if someone put some all over my head i mean you know oh i would be waiting yeah so no I you're right i kind of understand <laughs> their yeah. motive behind that kind of thing exactly what, what do you how about this ryan the interesting thing how how eddie is sort of like norman bates with his mother's uh relationship how weird is it that eddie gets a shower scene of his own <laughs> oh my gosh mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. Isn't that so weird? <laughs> You're like, I'm realizing a bunch of things about this movie that I never even would have even thought of, you know? <laughs> yeah, man, it's crazy. And that scene is iconic to me. I mean, it... I love the imagery of the extending shower poles where they're just chasing him like he can't get away. It, it's almost like Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, yeah. What, the second one? No, like, you know how the showers were chasing him and they were yeah. scolding hot? Then all of a sudden, as if that couldn't get creepy enough, Pennywise comes out of the fucking floor, dude. Yep, yep. Yeah. Well, that... Okay, I love that scene, but the part where he stretches it out, that shot's a little bit cheesy. Yeah. A little bit... You, you know, that's a little, like, um... um Claymation or some shit? You said earlier... And it's kind of like, you know, you can tell it's made on TV with, you know, that moment where it, like, extends out, like, the way he does it, it, just, it looks odd to me. I wonder why they chose to do it that way. They could have just done a flat shot where his hands just part away and then they show a different, some... yeah, you know, and, and then come back yeah. up. Yeah. But, I don't know. I guess they wanted to do that, so... So clearly, Pennywise's uh, whole M.O. here is never to kill anybody, it seems, right away. It's just to fuck with him, like... Right, right, right. He enjoys it. He enjoys this shit, bro. Yeah. Is he the eater of children or what? Like, what does he want? I read something because um, I was reading about this last night because I was kind of curious, like, why he never even decided to kill them. Like, what's his motive? And someone said that um, I hate to keep bringing up the differences between the um, book and the movie because that's a whole other thing. Apparently, in the book, he every time they meet, he tries to kill them, but something happens where they get away from him. Yep, exactly. Because like, it's not until that they're a group that he can't kill them. Because in, individually, they're not strong enough, I guess. And he tries to kill them, but he like something happens where he can't, you know? Huh. I wonder why they didn't show that. Yeah, because that's not explained in the movie. But it, apparently that's how it is in the book I read. Hmm. No shit. See, I was that's thinking very that. intriguing, dude. I want to see that shit now. Again, I want to watch it again because of stuff like that. So you guys definitely legitimize and make up a good uh, argument for the fact that uh, the the dark uh, aspect of it is so powerful and, and strong enough to actually, uh, you know, warrant the love. So, hey, man, you guys fucking rock. Thanks. And see, Dan is a funny guy to me. He makes me laugh a lot. And it really surprises me. He amuses you? He amuses me. So what's so surprising about that is that Dan could sit here on his show and just say funny shit. I'll laugh about 12, 15 times or whatever it is, however long the show is. And it amazes me that they're writing a movie like this and they're introducing Richie Tozier and he's on some like late night TV show. And the best, oh, yeah. best fucking joke they can come up with is Godzilla is attacking a city and he runs into a power line. Like, whoa. That's your closing act? You know, <laughs> the crowd goes fucking <laughs> crazy. 
they love that joke. <laughs> and he's like, I'm on top of the world. I just told the best joke of my life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and his, his agent's like, that was great. That was amazing. They're going to want you to fill in for Letterman it's, or, or Leno. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, no, yeah, he's, he's gonna fill in for Letterman. He's like, oh, I'll let Le- I'll let Leno do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One weird, another what the f moment, sort of, with this movie is that the the when they were all sitting around talking about what they want to be when they grow up after Bill gets done reading a story he made up, the 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 Jewish kid says, "Well, I, I'd like to be a catalog so I could chronologically organize things yeah. and find them in order." And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Like. <laughs> Who says something like that? Like, you couldn't I think know. of anything else. <laughs> like, l- let's just write a total bore zero character, and dude, this is Alex, him. yo, you're the fucking man, bro. I'm so happy, dude. You come around, you came around and just as I was hoping you would. <laughs> yo. <laughs> you were like, fuck this movie. I love you, baby. <laughs> and then and, and then you get then you get this the funny scene where uh, you know, Henry Bauer eventually pays back Richie Tozier, smears potatoes on his glasses. Yeah. He flips the tray, hits the principal with his tray, and he goes in the basement looking for a mop and he finds a fucking <laughs> werewolf, dude. Now <laughs> huh. Huh. Even though werewolves in real life would scare the shit out of us, I feel uh-huh. it, yeah. I feel like a werewolf in a Letterman jacket is just not as scary as as uh, Pennywise. Yeah. I think that they were trying to like mark it off of Teen Wolf. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, like, well, they had to have been. The wolf thing was clearly, you know, he was playing off of. I guess Richie truly was afraid of the teenage werewolf, so I guess that's why that happened. How come it specifically tailored to Richie, but nobody else? <laughs> yeah, that's right? true. The one person. Like, how come? How come Richie saw his greatest fear, but everyone else just gets the clown? Like, right, does he right. like him the most? <laughs> they did give somebody else something later on as adults. I think. Uh, the hell was it? Oh, Bevy. Yeah, her dad. Yeah, Mrs. Mrs. Kirsch. Yeah, Kirsch, and then her dad. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. So they trick her. Uh, I can't think of anything. I know the the next one is um, Mike Hanlon now. You get to see the black kid and what happened to him. So he's new at school. The kids hate him. They call him the N-word. He gets he runs away from Henry. He ends up with all the other kids, and they become the Losers Club. And here's the funniest part, man. Like, you know, we, we talked about writing and some bomb lines in the movie. How about this, man? Henry Bowers, he gets rocks thrown at him. You know, the kids fend him off, and all he could say is, you're going to get a surprise. You're going to get such a surprise. <laughs> like, oh my god, dude. Like, when was that ever scary to hear? I know. Like, you just got fucking tackled by a 10-year-old, dude. <laughs> Back up, like... He's, like, walking away limp, and all he could say is, you're going to get such a surprise. Like, I would be excited. I'd be like, well, what, what'd you get me? Like, like oh... <laughs> This is, like when my parents said you were gonna get a surprise, I was I was looking forward. I started to it. writing like a wish list. Like this is what I want. Make sure it's one of these things. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then you get freaked out by the scene where uh, Pennywise is in the book, and he... oh, that's like one of my top scenes from the movie. I think I love how they um, incorporated like it's. Um, I love the moment when he's just you know doing the flip or whatever. So he just stops and points and makes that noise. And then they know, like, shit's about to go down. You killed my brother George, you bastard! Let's see you now. Let's see you now. He's scared of us, you know? I can feel that. I, I swear to God, I can. I, 
when I kill it. Help me. Please, help me. Help me. The cool thing, another thing, Pennywise's footprints in the library, the balloon next to Mike, oh, it's yeah. like, you don't see that happen, so just to see the footprint is enough. And that's, that. we're going to get into a major plot point here, like the whole thing where everything's left to your imagination, that's what makes this movie so great, like Ryan said, and at the same time, once you take that ability away from us at the end of the movie... And we're no longer allowed to ponder or wonder, and our mind is, is doesn't go where it's going to go. And you give us solid evidence of something, the movie actually falls completely flat at that point. So it's really interesting how that dynamic, it was so spot on, and all of a sudden it left us. So, so uh, Kid 7 is uh, Stanny. Uh, he's like the total loser. He's in suspenders and a bow tie at 40 years old. He's with a wife with a short haircut. She looks like a guy pretty much. Uh, oh, Bev, oh, they, so his flashback is that Bev was shooting the target practice, knocks all the bottles, so she's going to be the one to use the slingshot. Her doing the slingshot thing and having such good aim, was that supposed to like be some kind of a tie-in to how well she threw that thing at her boyfriend's head, that, that, that jar? <laughs> oh, hey, I never thought about that either. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, my mind, son. So uh, they go into that weird sewer refinery type thing. What'd you think of that? That was fucking crazy. That The whole sw- oh, yeah. swamp behind It's like big. And scary, right? And he's like, yeah. when Ben's dad was making the illusion, he's like, Ben, this is where I live now. And that was like, it was so eerie. Yeah, like that's the kind of building <laughs> you, even if... You knew nothing about it or whatever, and you looked at that building. It's still freaking creepy. Looking. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like off, across a little pond by itself, all secluded down, you know, in the little woods area. It's like, what the fuck is that? You know, like fuck. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> what the hell? It is. So they all go in there to kill it. They got these silver rocks. They're gonna kill them with. They believe that'll work just because they believe, and they believe that believing is the most important thing. And now Henry Bauer and his two asshole friends, Belch and somebody else, goes in with them. Belch. Uh, And every time he burps, he lifts his eyebrows and goes like... uh, Yeah, yeah. uh, The one kid gets attacked by the light. Stan gets kidnapped by Belch and and Henry. Then all of a sudden, the, the light comes through the tube. It busts open. It sucks in Belch. He gets folded in half like a lawn chair. That's like I was like, dude just got sucked into a pipe. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, Belch! I like how even though his friend <laughs> is clearly dead, he still refers to him by his, like, jokey nickname. Like, he don't... I know, like, that... Love it. <laughs> yeah, he don't go, Brian! He goes, right. Belch! Put, the, put that on his gravestone, <laughs> <Yeah>. Belch. <laughs> the light comes back out of the tube. Henry, it looks at... He looks straight at the dead light. Stanny got a little glimpse of it, and uh, his hair turns bright white and, yeah, it, and that's a weird shot for me because it's like huh. a weird like the way it's shot is like weird like hey like spins and it's like so dramatic and you know yeah i like it but it's like because he says his hair like slowly turning or whatever and it's really mesmerized but the way it looks just like it's kind of odd you it know is what odd I mean? yeah it's almost like made for tv odd 
I mean, I was kind of thinking I might be watching a made-for-TV movie, but... Yeah. No, sure. <laughs> I think the camera that they use in the film stock, I think that warrants real movies to me. I mean, it doesn't look like videotape, so to me, I'm happy. Yeah, it doesn't. So now there's a pod that comes after the kids um, mm-hmm. instead of Pennywise, and uh, they they I think they don't look at it or something. I don't know. I know that Stan saw it earlier, but so um, yeah. then Pennywise does come around. And he takes... St- oh, they're all holding hands, and that's a great scene. They're holding hands, and he looks, and he's holding Pennywise's hand. Yeah. That was fucking crazy. To me, that's payoff shit. That's good shit in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, cl- that's perfect to me. So right. he, st- he takes Stan, the kid's like, this is battery acid, you slime, referring to what uh, Richie Tozier said earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Beverly hits him with the slingshot. His, uh, I forgot where the first one goes. I think maybe she misses or something. And the second one hits him in the head. Yeah, later it says that it's in the gutter of the drain, like the drain right. gutter or something like that. Yep. And the other one was like stuck on the wall or some shit. Yeah, lodged in the crack, yeah. Yeah. That's when they hit him in the face. Yep. So Pennywise does this weird like tumble saw into like a sewer drain. And, the, and then, right. and, and that was also like Ryan said, when he put got himself into the shower that kind of weirdness that same weirdness took place yeah. here yeah and then the giant tentacle pops out yeah okay so he's holding onto his hand uh bill i think and he pulls his glove off and then you see these big tentacle hands nah, yeah wow i could be wow yeah now what did you think of that like did you think that that was just another little scared jump scare type thing or did you think that it, it there's a little bit more to pennywise than the clown like did you go that far into it when you first saw that it you know it reveals like more into like the fact that he's not just a clown he's right. you know, whatever right that's what you thought Dan like he's he's so much more than a clown he's everything scary in a way and the fact no no well, you're right but the fact of the that he actually picked the clown as a part as a as a um you know as, 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 as a, a vehicle like a as, as a, a as a vehicle exactly and he used the clown aspect which makes it even more creepier because he knew what would scare them i love it yep definitely that's what i'm saying man so they they kill him and uh uh they make a pact to come back and that was very cool and the end of the end of the first half of the movie is that so you know Mike Handelin basically asked Stan to come back like he said he would, and the next thing you see is his wife go upstairs trying to get a little bit like Ryan said. She goes up with a, a yeah. it's Miller time. This is what she said. She's like, I rub your chest and your back, and, and then she kind of gives a little giggle like she's like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then so she goes up opens the door this coward is sitting in the bathtub <laughs> dead <laughs> blood is dripping off of his hand and it appears he slashed his wrist and wrote it on the wall right now here's what is amazing to me why not just say no i can't go <laughs> yeah what is worth dying for i don't understand why he felt it necessary to not exist anymore Remember, he looked into its dead lights because he was different than those. Right. He, yeah, he said, I looked into his lights and I wanted to be there. Yeah, so I kind of think that he kind of, like, it brought up his whole thing whenever, like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's affected him more of a, like, way more than the, the rest. Wow, I didn't think about that. Wow. He's kind of, like, more tormented by it because he actually looked 
end to the right. deadline, you know? Huh. In a way. So it was like, it has a much more like... Yeah, more effect on them, yeah. Lots of money, yeah. yeah. And more more residual effects as life, life went on. Yeah. Yep. So we're going to take a little break here. And just, just like the movie itself, we're going to take a break and then we're going to get to part two of the It Review. We'll be right back. Swear to me. Swear to me that if it isn't dead, we won't come back. I swear. How have you been? Who is this? George Takei here. How have you been? I don't believe I know you. I grew up in Arkansas. You did? Well, yes. I, so did I. But I don't believe I know you. I circled an ad here in the paper that might interest you. Here, it says, one lengthy black teenager for sale. Teenager for sale? Yes. Well, just a minute. Uh, oh, great. Um, Can you excuse me while I dappled my wang with the latex? <laughs> yeah. You won't believe what I just heard. What did you just hear? I love lengthy black men. Oh, you do? Excuse me, but aren't you a grimy Mexican? No, I'm just a hillbilly from Arkansas. You had better be prepared to turn wet and messy. Well, I'm going to tell you something, brother. You wrong sex make me wet and messy. Excuse me, but aren't you aroused? Aroused? No, you're you pissing me off. Oh, you seem to be aroused. <laughs> no, you're pissing me off. But I'm just a bit concerned about lengthy black teenagers. You sound like a sick mother. Yes. I'd like to have about five minutes alone with you. You're a pathetic. I'd make you pathetic, you piece I'll, of. I'll show you. I'm going to get that wang. I bet you do. I hate you. I ain't got much damn use for you either. That's crazy. Crazy? You sound like you got a problem, brother. You ever read the Bible? Good Lord put a man to sleep and took a rib out of him for a walk. And if yes. you like long, lengthy black men, and I bet you even like children, don't you? Yes. I'd give you $500 to meet you. I want to get to know your lengthy black lollipop. Oh, I got your black lengthy lollipop. I love your wang. I bet you'd love my 12-gauge shotgun, too. So I could pull the trigger about three times. Now, don't get all worked up over it. I'd like to put you out of your 
I get a strong smell from my wang. Good idea. One of my neighbors in Denver is a lengthy black teenager. Well, you should have called him. Oh, my God. Now what? Now, don't get all worked up over it. About what? My wang. The only things you've mentioned in your language that you since you've called that I care anything about is the word God. Everything else has been nasty, filthy, obscene, vile, perverted. Let me think about this. I'll call you back in an hour. Oh, I tell you what, now, I don't know how you come up with my mother's telephone number, but you you hitting the wrong basis here. It is side two, part two of the It review. It's almost the same formula here. They go, they travel through each character sort of once again. It's a little bit more blended, but so the first one is that Bill goes back to Derry and the first thing he sees is Pennywise digging graves. He obviously, one of them is filled. He goes, that one's taken already. The rest are for you guys. And that's symbolizing that Stan is dead. Bill doesn't really get it at the time. And then it's uh, Miller time with Mike Handlin. He goes to his house. He says, uh, wow, this this used to be poor town, right? And he goes, it still is, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> he walks into his own house. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, for Bill, he's, you know, he's freaking, like, rich. He's, you know, famous author. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, he kind of has this look in his face. He's like, is this yours? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, it's paid for. <laughs> He's like, I'm a bachelor. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a bachelor, Bill. That's all I need. Uh, Yeah, you know what I was thinking, too? Like, this guy is obviously, like, the poor bastard of the group. Like, couldn't all these assholes just give him $10,000 each and the guy could have I know, right? They're fucking rich. Oh, yeah. Famous architect, famous designer, famous comedian, famous author. And then, well, then Eddie is, like, a conductor or something. Yeah, limo owner. A limo owner or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, they're all, they all got money. So, Richie has a very, very, very cool scene. I know Dan loves this scene. It's in the library. That's my, that's my, I think that's probably, I say, I've said this a few times, but I really do think, I was watching this, and I really do think that that's probably in my top three or five scenes of the whole movie. Oh, shit. The library. What do you think about that, Dan? When Pennywise is sitting on top of the balcony, he's like, ha-ha, 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 and the balloons are popping in people's faces. You know, it's funny. They tried not to give a reaction, but you can see him all flinch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. noticed that. Right? Like, yeah. Especially the old lady, because she, kind of, she flinches a little bit whenever it hits her face. And you can tell. <laughs> like, imagine being that actor. I would burst it. I couldn't do it. I mean, I would, <laughs> like, <where> the, <laughs> like, she flinches, you know? Yeah, dude. <laughs> 
I just love when he's yelling in the girl's face, and he's like, "Can you tell Mike Hanlon that <laughs> yeah. I'll be?" And she's like, "What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with she, you?" And she walks away. She's holding her ear. She's like, needs like you know some hearing aids <laughs> or something now. Like, honk honk. <laughs> hey. How about that? Okay, let's get into this. What is with the beep beep Richie? I never understood the origin of it beep, or what beep, that Richie. means. Yeah, is that telling him to? Sh- I know it's telling him to sort of shut up, but yeah, that's that's what it but, is. That's what they use that for. Good thing beep beep. Like, okay, we got it. You know, beep beep. What does that mean? Beep beep. I think it's like no. maybe like you're like honking at someone to get move on. Like when you're in the car, you're like honking at them. Wow. Like beep beep. I think it might be like them. You know, like saying, "Okay, move on, go, like stop yeah. with the subject that you're on." You know, I'm gonna use that in my life. <laughs> I'm serious. If if my girlfriend brings up dumb shit in front of people, I'd be like, "Beep beep, Tiff." Man, I would use that too. <laughs> I gotta do that. That and if she ever says "beep beep," I'll say, "Yeah, beep beep, move on, keep keep it moving, bitch." Keep it moving, baby. <laughs> Hey, she's gonna hear that, and you're gonna be in the doghouse, man. Uh, I'll tell her to skip this. I'll tell her this episode sucks. <laughs> that Ryan Murphy guy, shoot, he's like an anchor. He really took the shit down. Yeah, Ryan Murphy was on it. Please don't listen to that show. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this show is like Titanic, and he was the glacier. Like, <laughs> it just really. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so then, you know, Ben Hanscom, John Ritter, you know, Jack Tripper goes down into the Barrens to say hello to some old ghost. He, oh, yeah. He sees his father again, but this time he's that skeleton again. Can we take mm-hmm. another minute, Alex, to, to praise John Ritter and how much of an awesome actor he was and how fucked up it is that he died? Yeah, and... Oh, is that... Oh, shit, that was weird. I, I thought... I was going to make a connection, but it's actually not this one. Jonathan Brandis, I thought, grew up to be John Ritter, but he didn't. Ben Hanscom did. So I was going to say, both of those people are dead right now, and they were both really... Oh, yeah. They had huge impacts no, in, they did. in the world. I mean, uh, everybody knows Jack Tripper, and uh, everybody knows Jonathan Brandis. But, yeah. It's weird because Jonathan Brandis actually killed himself. He hung himself. And yeah. the reason why a lot of people speculate is because of a, a girl. You know, she told him she didn't love him anymore or whatever the case. And, and he, he killed himself over a chick. So uh, That sucks, man. Just like we talked about the crazy eeriness when the clown was behind the laundry and stuff. There's one where they're drive, he's driving away after seeing that. And then Pennywise on the side of the road, dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the balloon in the cab. Yeah. <laughs> right. And right. it's turn back now. Yeah, dude. Oh, I love it. Th- that's more of a staple when they're older, just like Mike Hanlon in the library. And then this one. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about it. Yeah. And I, I've said before, the second part isn't as good. But if you think about the individual like scenes, there's some gold in the second part. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like dude. the library scene and, you know, the whole thing about. What we just said now. Yeah. Like there's some really good scenes in it. Yeah, in both parts. Great. I agree. Well, here's yeah. the thing, Dan. I, I I imagine you don't like the last half, but just think of the this like Ryan said, the scene with Beverly and the old lady, and then her she turns into like a zombie dad, and she's like, "You're not real. You're not real." Like all like amazing, dude. The two we just talked about. I love that because then it turns into basically her father, right? right. Like a wig on, you know? Yeah. Exactly, man. 
<laughs> Which is kind of psycho-like also, if you think about it. And that balloon that just, like, stayed still and bounced on the road, but it just... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that scene. You know, you, you say that, like, kind of and laugh, oh. like, it's passing thing. That's an awesome scene. I love that. No, it is great. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, you know how we I were didn't... talking about earlier with how do you not see the bully? This uh-huh. is a fucking truck. I'm in a van. It almost hits her. How did that van not see you? Oh, yeah, right? I hate that part. <laughs> she was standing in the road for like two minutes, and the van acted like it was about to, like, it, she popped out of nowhere. Like, that van would have seen her. Right, right, right. He did not slow him. down. He didn't make any reaction to the fact that there's a human if being. He didn't there. move. No. If he didn't move, he turned the bitch over. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> that's how that van was. How about the aspect of this? How come. Pennywise needs Henry to kill them all. Like, why yeah, couldn't yeah. why couldn't he do it? Like, he, right. he says, "I'm the eater of children. I'm this. I'm that. Blah blah." And suddenly, he needs some like two bit dime store hood. Yeah, I think it's because, like I mentioned earlier, at, if they're together, he can't get them. So he needs an outside source. Oh, because they were always sticking together, right? Then we get the the amazing. A fortune cookie scene when they're all at the Chinese oh, place. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> that freaking bird. The, you know, the, the baby bird. bird the crab. So. The, uh, <laughs> the eyeball. It's an eyeball. Yeah. Yes, yes. And they're like, dummy up, everyone, because they know it's not really there. They know it. Yeah, exactly. Then, yeah. and then here's another reason I don't understand why people hate the second half. The fucking scene where Stan's head is in the refrigerator and he just starts insulting everybody. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We forgot to mention something in the first part. Oh, yeah. You know what's so weird? As soon as you... Dude, me and you have, like, a connection. As you just stopped me, I was thinking this... I wonder what it was about us, that, that scene that made us both think this, but... I think mean, it's because Bevy walks in, and she's, like, like, kissing all of them and stuff, you know? Maybe that's why, yeah. Okay. All right. So what Brian's talking about is... Check this out, Dan. This is going to blow you away, man. In the... You know, everyone knows this is from Stephen King's novel. It, all right? changes must be made to do a movie they fit a lot more in here because they had more time he, you know this is the length of two movies but there's one thing that Tommy Lee Wallace deliberately took out and this is weird yeah very weird at the end of part one when they're all down in the sewer to go get uh, Pennywise apparently at one time either it was after they killed him or before they killed him I really don't know I think it was after okay they were all trapped down there or something along those lines. So Bev apparently has sex with all the boys in the group while they're 10 years old and in the sewer. <laughs> I think it's... I read about it because I was like, I was like, what the heck? So I read about it and I think it's because they wanted to like spiritually like link with each other or something. <laughs> What the fuck was that? I know. You know what? I I saw them alluding to this because earlier, remember when she said, I'm on a date with you, it's our first date, and she kissed, and she goes, oh, I'm on a date with you too, and she kissed the other one? Yeah. That was, like, enough for me, and I think, I I hope that was added by Tommy Lee Wallace to kind of substitute for the other wacky shit, And, and the whole thing is, like, Stephen King is a weirdo, and he has, like, that's, like, one of his sick fantasies, dude. He was just writing his own fantasies at that point when he wrote that. And it's weird that he chose to do it when they were 10 years old. Also, there's another scene that I think, I don't know how true this is. One of my, I, I haven't read the book, but I let one of my friends borrow the book. And she told me about this scene that I don't know if it's true or it might be mixing someone up because it's been a while since she told me about it. But apparently, you know, the greasers 
apparently one of them like wants like tries to get to see the other one like naked or like jerk off together or something what? like in the woods or Maybe Belch. Was it Belch? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to have to look that up. But what was it Belch? Like, <laughs> Does his penis belch? <laughs> it's but like, yeah, that, apparently that's a scene from the book also. So that's pretty, like, you know, that's, you know. Wow, he's a weirdo. And I wonder, in the remake, are they going to go with that? I wonder if they're going to, like, have her have sex. And I don't, you know, I just think they're too young, man. Let's say they're yeah. not definitely remaking it. I mean, that's just our theory. So. There's always uh, rumors, think, yeah. Can we, can we talk about that for a minute, you guys? Because I think, um, I'll bet you if they remade this right and take away that end part. Oh, and just to clarify, bro, I want to say this too, because you said this a few times. I don't fall into the category of, I think the second half is shit. No? No. I look at it like the end is shit. That end scene you guys know what I'm talking about. Oh, so, yeah. Wow, then we all agree, I bet. Shouldn't let the end yeah. affect the yeah. whole part. Come on, Yeah, that's man. the thing. I don't let it affect Well, no, it. I don't let it, dude. I don't let it. Fuck that, dude. Well, yo, yeah. I got mind control yeah. over Steve-O. He'd be like, shut the fuck up. I'll shut up. But when he leaves, I'll be talking again. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I just, I, I think it's one of those things where the movie's good. It doesn't affect my viewing and, oh, this fucking killed it for me. But you know what I do? Yeah. I got I got to sit there and just kind of giggle. And I was like, that, that, that escalated quickly. Yeah, yeah dude. Well, oh, please. You know? So Henry Bowers escapes the penitentiary. He, he, oh, oh, when he, when he goes to escape, he like confronts the guy who's the guard and all of a sudden Pennywise steps out and here's here's the cool thing Pennywise steps out and it's like oh yeah oh shit and all of a sudden they rise up to his head and a fucking dog <laughs> and a dog jumps <laughs> out that's made for TV <laughs> that's made for yeah, TV right, right there yep, that's perfectly safe. and the, wait the, the shot of him attacking the guard and it's like slow motion like blurry yeah, like you know that's TV like, that was bad yeah that <laughs> There's some parts, but, uh, you know, that's just how it goes. But also, like, the shot of um, Pennywise's face in the moon, that was a little... Yeah, know. that was not good either. That was sick <laughs> shit, dude. That was so ridiculous. Dude. But once again, I don't think even that killed the, the movie before, but it definitely is just like, yeah, your credibility is lost a little bit there. It would have been, like, a better scene. Like, maybe it's on the book or whatever. They should have had him, like, in the shadows of his room. Like, you know, that yeah, would have been yeah, a little bit creepier uh, than in the face of the moon. Like, that's a little well, bit, you know. It's like, a little much, yeah. Yeah, like a little bit overboard. Superimposing your face on a, it's like. Uh, yeah. It's whatever. Uh, I don't know. So, Henry gets out, stabs Mike. Shanks him. <laughs> shanks him, yeah. And then Henry's such a, a twerp that he ends up stabbing himself you just because people <laughs> just because people are pulling him off a of mic, he ends up stabbing himself. Go figure. I don't even understand any of that. And what I, I love is that they just fucking leave him for dead. Like they're like, well, let's put the TV on and put the do not disturb <laughs> sign on the door. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. So Keep just... it moving. <laughs> like that douche got what he deserved. Like, yeah, yeah, right. So. Uh, Oh, here's okay. So here's the greatest scene in the movie. This is the funniest fucking shit ever. Oh my god, I think I know what you're talking about. So John Ritter's in his room. <laughs> yes, this is yeah. it. <laughs> and uh, and Beverly goes in there and she says, "January embers, my heart burns there too." And he's like, "What?" She's like, "You wrote that, didn't you?" And he's like, "How did you know?" She's like, "I've always known." 
So they start making out. And he's like, let's get it on. Yeah, yeah he's like, wow, wow. Yeah. So he's all into it, making out with her, blah, blah. All of a sudden, he's looking in the mirror and he looks down. And the fucking camera pans up, and you see clown shoes and these big yellow baggy pants. Uh huh. Is this? I was. Is this a reference to The Shining? I don't know The don't Shining know. like that. Is it? I don't know. When he's hanging um, out with the yeah with the, with the hot woman, and then he looks in the mirror, and it's an old lady. It's like exactly the same shot. Yeah. And I thought that maybe like it might be like a Stephen Kingy reference. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so he's making out with Pennywise, and it's funny because as soon as he looks in the mirror, the shot of him in the mirror, you see white paint smeared and, and red lips all over his mouth. <laughs> it's so funny, man. So that fucking, that's hilarious. So then what's real funny is that after that, he really bumps into Bev. She mentions the poem <laughs> shit again right away. And he flipped shit on her. Yeah, and here, here's the thing. I want to ask you guys. Dan, if this just happened to you, I don't give a fuck. If she just recited that shit again five minutes later, would you make out with her again? Yeah. Ah, you're so stupid. Um, <laughs> if she, yeah, if really. she was like, it's really no. me, I was like, well, maybe, you know... 50-50 chance I'm going to make out with a girl. 50-50 <laughs> chance I'm going to get attacked by a clown again. I think I'll take my chances, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to grab clown ass again. Motherfucker, I got a 50-50 shot. That's what I said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Dan's like, what are the chances this shit will happen again? Okay, I'll, I'll bite. Yeah. You know, even yeah, at least it's yeah. a good story to tell. You think that I got attacked by a clown... You think I made out with a clown twice? I mean, once in a day, no, I made out with a clown twice. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I love about it is not only, like, just on the off chance that Beverly wants to make out with him again five minutes later, not only does that happen, but she also says the same exact thing about the poem. The chances are unbelievably ridiculous. But... Uh, yes. Yeah, I, I, I thought that. I was like, huh, interesting. Yep. So, here's the thing I love about it. We talked about nostalgia. I think what really invested us is the nostalgia that these guys have amongst each other. Like, Mike going back to retrieve the rocks in the sewer. Like, that just brings you back. It makes you feel like, really, part of this. And it, it brought it back, yo. It, yo, it brought it back. It's the best. It's kind of the same vibe as Sandlot for me. I referenced that earlier. Like, it's got, you know, it gives you that kind of childhood, like, you know, buddy-buddy, we're all in this together kind of feeling. Yes. That's what I like about this movie. It's got that kind of tone to it. Where, you know, like, sucks you in and gives you that, that you know, the nostalgic feeling. And there, there's so many callbacks. Like, everything. It all seems so important. Um, even though when Bill sees the piano playing, and it's the piano, the same song that was playing in the very beginning of the movie before Georgie left the house. And it just really connects you with the adult characters and you know it, like the, the the whole yeah weird thing is that like people don't like the old characters but they were always a part and it really melds the two together really well i just don't understand yeah and the really weird thing is that mike hanlon was the last one to join the losers club yet he but seems he's the, like the mo- he's a- yeah he's he's all about it though Right. I think it's because they saved him. Like they, like he was, you know, the the black kid, you know, because it was the sixties, whatever. And they, you know, he was, you know, rocket for your pocket or whatever they told him. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> should be them. Oh, and wow. they just like took Fuck. him in. So I think that he feels like he owes it to them. Yeah. To kind of like 
know what I mean? Yeah. I kind of be that person. But there's a weird dichotomy here because he's the last to join, but he's he's all about the Losers Club. He's all about it. And yet, when they leave Henry Bauer's body for dead, literally, um, in the hotel room and they leave... Richie Tozer is the last one to look at the television and they talk on the news. They talk about um, another string of kids getting killed and how her body was mutilated. And he knows it's Pennywise. However, he's not into this at all. Like, you would think that he's all gun-ho. Like, you know what? Fuck this. Let's go get this guy, man. He's doing this shit again. Instead, he's like, what the fuck are we doing? Come on, guys. We're going to go monster hunting. I'm a little old to be diving in sewers. Like... He is not having it. That sounded just like it. I was like, <laughs> 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 and like at dinner, he's like, he's like, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, yeah, it was nice having dinner with you guys, but I'm just gonna like take a flight back home and you know, like maybe rest a little bit. And everyone's like, what the fuck? Yeah, right. Like you're, you're wimping out on us, like yeah. So like the people that shouldn't have the motivation to be who they are do. It's always a dichotomy there. It's so strange. Oh, so yeah, so I guess at this point now, we're in the sewer, they're going back, they're going to kill Pennywise once and for all, uh, or should I say it. Uh, yeah. So Bill realizes Audra is down there because the purse is there and this and that, and he starts stuttering again. Like I said, the worst stutter ever. I don't think, yeah. these guys have never heard someone stutter, clearly. It's just unbelievable how bad he is. He's like, and it's like what the dude are you having an orgasm or trying to tell me something yes. <laughs> it's so I mean that's what I sound like but whatever <laughs> <laughs> alright so now Dan since you're we're all on board here with the ending so the last vision you get of Pennywise is this fucking like <laughs> projection onto a wall of Pennywise's head so all we get is that that thing, and he and then he tries to explain what's going on. He says, <laughs> he says the only you think you know me or something, but all you know is what your little minds are allowed to see or something like that. Right, right, yeah. right. And that's supposed to tell us that it's not really him. So he they're preparing us for the shitstorm that's about to take place, pretty much. Exactly, exactly. So then yeah. Eddie just stops everybody, but because that little boat leads them to the door to Pennywise, you know Georgie's original boat. And um, they're about to go in, and he he stops them to tell them that he never got laid. And Richie's like, "Well, I can't help you with that, bud. But thanks for sharing." <laughs> uh, that was weird, wasn't it, dude? It was almost like, "Oh my uh, god!" And you gotta think that he actually dies. That means that he never he died a virgin. That's... Oh. You remember in Beavis and Butthead's Christmas when Beavis is looking at things to come, and it says, "This is the tombstone of Beavis. He never scored. <laughs> he never scored." <laughs> I never saw that, but it's like... Yeah, it's, oh, that, dude, he killed him. He killed him. That's yeah, that's dude. Eddie, man. He never scored. Did you know Butthead had a thing over that beforehand? Ah. <laughs> just, just setting up that joke, you know? How sad is his life? I mean... Oh, it's his life is horrendous. <laughs> it's just so sad. Fake, uh... In, in whatever that's called, asthma camp. Yeah, it's not actually, because even... Oh, wait, we forgot the, the thing where he meets the old man in the store. Oh, yeah! I thought that that was a pretty strong scene, because you see him... He, it reminded me of Silent Night, Deadly Night, when he's talking to Grandpa. Yeah, right? Because <laughs> he, like, he's, like, he's like mumbling and stuff, and suddenly he's, like, evil. 
You know? He's like, he's like, I was always partial to licorice, sonny. <laughs> no alcohol. Always partial to licorice. Yeah, but like, how about when he when he reaches out to grab Eddie's arm and it's a fucking tentacle? Like, Eddie makes no... Yeah. Eddie has no reaction to the idea that a tentacle is grabbing his arm. He's just like, <laughs> he's like, whatever, the guy's grabbing like, me. You remember me. Yeah. <laughs> you remember me. Wow. <laughs> his own mother doesn't remember him. Yeah, oh, right? Sorry, wrong guy. His mother's obsessed with him. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the funny part, though, when he's telling everybody how he never got laid. When he's saying this, he explains why he never got laid, and he says, it's because I could never have sex with anybody I'm not, I don't, I'm not really in love with, and I never loved anyone. He looks right at Bev, and he goes, except for you guys. <laughs> And it's like, okay, so what do you think? I'm gonna have sex with you because you loved me. Yeah, I know. Like, it's like maybe we can stop for a moment and like go back there. You know, that's like the right? Yeah, <laughs> he's like, so if you're not doing anything, Bev, uh, I was in love with you, so I could have sex with you technically if you want. I mean, yeah. actually, that line makes no sense if they followed the book because they did kind of. <laughs> Unless she had sex with him, except for Eddie. <laughs> right? Yeah, she did have sex with him already. Look, man, I, I wish I, I gotta read this whole book again, dude. Damn, dude. I hear so many good things about this book, and, and I want to I, yeah, I hear the fleshed-out version, no pun intended. Yeah. They actually wrote a screenplay, a screenplay for it, and it was going to be a three-part series. Wow. And it was going to be six hours, but they told them to cut it down to four hours. So they never shot the full six hours, but they originally wrote there would be enough material for it to be a six-hour miniseries. Wow. I mean, well, but that's the thing about Stephen King, dude. See, that's the thing. He writes miniseries and, and stuff like that. Look at the Langoliers, Rose Red, uh, Storm of the Century. You know, all of these, uh, I think it was well over six hours for that one. The Stand. The Stand. Uh, yeah, you know, and there's a lot, dude. And uh, kind of an ensemble cast, uh type of movies too and and that's why I like it too it's not like over dramatic either you know there are very good movies that have good character pieces and stuff like that and not that these characters are always bad in these ensemble movies but at the same time it's very nice to watch a movie that keeps it flowing and it can touch on that emotional level yeah there. yeah no it's great great writer dude out there you know and that's, yeah. that's encouraging you know yeah so uh, so they, they go in there, they look up, everybody's in the webs, like Ryan said earlier, they're all floating in the webs, they're, and uh, Audra's up there, she's in a catatonic state because of the deadlights, uh, so here's where the movie takes a shit, man, fucking gigantic spider. This is how I always thought, you know how like crappy the spider looks? Yeah. Maybe it's like, man, I didn't get time to morph into the spider, so I'll just like morph into this half-assed version. Like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's the whole excuse behind it. Like, you know, he's like, oh yeah. man, I didn't get time. You know, my guest got here early and didn't get preparation time. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I didn't study for the test. <laughs> yeah. So supposedly in the book, it's it's so well written, and you can't. Tommy Lee Wallace said he almost couldn't put what was on the book into film, even if. He had hundreds of millions of dollars and unlimited time, which he had neither of. And he said, even if I did, you couldn't translate what Stephen King wrote because it was all like some like psychokinetic battles going on. And so many, there was like so much, you just got to read it. And it's, 
and it, it, it's, it is what it is, but so the spider arrives, the fucking deadlights are underneath it, it hypnotizes Bill, Ben, and uh, Richie, so they're immediately, like, useless. Uh, yeah. So this, yeah. the spider picks up Eddie, I guess it just holds him too hard, I guess it kills him, I, I think it bit him, I don't know, too, I don't remember, but... No, it, like, I don't know, it squeezes ribs, I think. Okay, yeah. And then it threw yeah. him down. But something I think is stupid, they run up, one of them runs up, gets hypnotized, they don't learn from their mistakes. No, they all do. They run up, looking right in. The next one runs up, looks right in. Don't you think that they would have learned by now that you don't look at, like, straight up when you get down there? Like, you know, like, shouldn't they have, like, you know? No, yeah. they're stupid. Oh, they're all dummies. <laughs> they go, uh, Bev shoots the thing, misses, shoots his head, bounces off. She realizes this ain't working for shit. She goes, picks up her rocks again. Then she aims it at the deadlights. Bam, you get the most cheesy exploding effect inside yeah. of the light. Oh my god, is that bad? <laughs> the funniest thing is that the spider just crawls back and they just run back and just start kicking it. Yeah, they <laughs> kick him. <laughs> you know, wouldn't that be funny if they start cracking his legs with that thing and eat him, eat him like a crab legs or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome if they just started cooking his legs oh like god. around a fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, they rip his heart out. Yeah. He's dead, I guess. I don't know. Uh, then you get a really great narration by Mike. I guess that's how I'd like to remember us, if I could remember us. Standing there by the lake, the sun going down on our childhood. This will be my last entry. I got it in just in time. Just before the fog in my brain swept all my memories away entirely. Now, just weeks later, I look back on that time, not from memory, but from the pages of this book. The nightmare is over. What little police involvement there was was brief and cursory, as is always the case here in Derry. Now that there is no further need for a lighthouse keeper, well, I feel I may move on, see whatever's down the road a piece. As of this writing, Richie is still knocking him dead. He's got a part in a movie. 574, take 18, Mark. He co-stars with another comic, a guy any of the Lucky Seven could have told you looks and acts a lot like Eddie Casprat. Finn and Bev left Derry together, headed west. After a week, they were married. A few weeks later, they were pregnant. Another curse broken. Bill and Audra are still here. I wish the news were better, but Audra's condition is unchanged. They're leaving today. Okay, Audra. It's time to go. Bill thought the time here, the time away from his work, might somehow help. But I guess Audra's gone for good. One of its many casualties. Locked in that haunted place where she saw its deadlights. Bill has been good to visit every day. We laugh about our failing memories. We sometimes have to ask each other's names now. His sadness is profound. I wish there was something I could do. Something I could have done. As he's writing, what he's what he said in the writing is that when he's writing in his book, is he's saying that all these memories are now fading away completely because now that they killed it, he is no longer in their memories. Yeah, that's weird. And it's only in the book now, and that's the only way he could remember anything. Pretty, same idea, dude. Praying out fears that give you power. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Earlier, whenever they got there. Like, Eddie's, they're talking about it, and Eddie's like, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. 
because as soon as they leave, I mean, as soon as they enter Derry, it's got this giant, like, veil over it where, like, you know, it's trying to, like, hypnotize the parents and everyone in the town to not know what it is. Right. So, as soon like, that, so as soon as they walk in, their memory is, like, erased. So, it's kind of like, it's, like, taking over the, their whole subconscious, like, you know, about that. So, that really fits. Yeah, he even said he, his brother, uh, his brother died and he just doesn't remember as if it didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, Georgie, Georgie dying. Yeah, that's right. They don't remember anything when they leave, but only when it, it all comes back when they get there. That's crazy. Do you want any drugs? (laughs) Yeah, right. And that's why Mike, like he, um, Bill's like, how did you forget? He's like, because I never left. How could I forget? Right. Wow. Cool. Well, here, let's talk about the spider for a minute. Now, obviously it's shit. It's a shit ending. So basically, here's the problem. Uh, Tommy Lee Wallace explained this. The problem with the spider is that it's inevitable that uh, it's going to fail because there's no longer the feeling of the unknown. Your imagination can't roam. You can't speculate. You can't wonder anymore what it is. Now we have to accept the fact that this is what it is. It's an insane letdown. I don't think it's bad. The fact is... That the whole movie, you're like, oh my god, the scariest crime has an ultimate form. And his minor form is scarier than his major form. Yeah. I mean, I'm not... I mean, but if you think about it, if there's a clown in front of you, but if there's a giant spider, I mean, mm, <laughs> in real life, if you think about it, if it was a real spider and it didn't look cheesy, though, how scary would that be, though? You know? Right, right. right. So, you just think about it. You think about it like in the context because you look at like the bad special effects from you know 1990 TV movie. Yeah. And you don't think about the fact that if, uh, you know really in real life what it'd be like to have a giant spider right in front of you because you're looking at it and you're like that you know that looks fake. To me though, it's all fantasy from there. It's not like uh, it's real anymore. It's a, I'm I'm watching a movie. Yeah, it becomes a movie now. And that's yeah. why it falls apart for me, dude. It falls right apart for me because of that. Dude, it be, it goes from a psychological thriller to a, a 1950s sci-fi movie. Sci-fi movie! Yeah, yeah good yeah. one, dude. Exactly, well, Alex. But it's funny. This movie's really got everything. It's got killer clouds, it's got werewolves, it's got giant spider movies, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, you know, it really broadens the whole spectrum of horror. <laughs> that's one oh, movie. You think about well, it. They did everything, dude. And there's a mummy, too, by the way. Yeah, but a lot of people think of oh, it yeah. as the clown movie, but th- this is what you... Dude, you guys just said it. It covers the whole spectrum, but the whole spectrum of, of this whole movie is based off the fact of it, that it, it, it's supposed to be feared in general. Right. Well, that's why Stan Stan saw a mummy. For some reason, he's afraid of mummies. And and that was a big... That was probably the worst scene. Stan is a total... Oh, such a buffoon. Oh, he's a fucking Melvin, dude. Yeah. Dude, he sucks. Like, his scene... I like the imagery in that scene, though. The mummy slowly <laughs> stepping down the stairs. Yeah, but dude, he recites Bert. Like, and I, I, I love how they say... Yeah. And they're like... Uh, he's like, Stan just recited every bird he could remember. Meanwhile, he said... Literally, if you listen, he said, like, the name of three birds. And then the guy and the guy yeah. started walking backwards. Right. He only remembered three birds. So it was just stupid. Yeah. Obviously, someone isn't very good at um, organizing things. Hey, like he cataloging them. <laughs> yeah. Not his brain. <laughs> 
So uh, the end is that more nostalgia. Bill rides Audra into fucking traffic on a bike to snap her out of her catatonia. Uh, apparently, she's she's like, what the fuck are you doing? Because she, she realizes he's riding her into traffic. She wakes up, and uh, they start making out in the middle of the highway. Everybody gets out of their car and beats the shit out of them. Okay, I'm going to be honest. That scene is like, it's a little bit of a stretch, honestly. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, what's he trying to do? Not put her in that state, but really like in a... A seriously, like, injured state? Like, life support state? Like, what was he, like, what was he trying to say? Yeah, right? So, uh, the last thing that happens is that before the, after they're making out, the credits hit, and then Pennywise laughs again. Now, poses the question, guys, what would you, would you want to this to turn into a franchise? Would you like to see Pennywise in at least a trilogy? Or maybe an entire thing, like Freddy or Jason, like, have five movies about Pennywise, like, would... Oh, yeah. Hmm. It could work in the franchise. I think that that would be really... I think that that could be really interesting if it was done right. I think that that could really... You know, I think it could work. Because you could explore what else... More fears. Yeah. I'm just glad that this movie is a two-parter, because now I get twice as much, uh, you know, screen time or whatever with Pennywise. I mean, if this was crammed into 90 minutes... And that's the other thing. Imagine this movie was just 90 minutes and you had to develop this type oh, of relationship. God. Oh, man. It wouldn't work. You wouldn't feel that closeness. You wouldn't feel that nostalgia that they all have for each other. And you could you could tell these people loved each other on the set of this movie. You could tell they were oh, real yeah. bonds here. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Well, I thought the acting was so bad throughout all the kids and stuff like that that if you watch, like, Dreamcatcher, dude, it's the same kind of situation where it, it's that Stephen King cheesiness. Uh, don't call it cheesy, you know, like I would. But um, I'm kind of, uh, you know, you look at it like, oh, that's kind of sweet and whatever, blah, blah, blah. But he does it much better in other movies. And that's why, dude, I'm not ragging on it by any means. But yeah. I think it really, um, in, in a lot of ways, uh, just because of its existence, has done a lot for... Um, for, for Stephen King movies in general and how people perceive them over the years and how he's gotten better at that aspect, you know what I mean? And, and I yeah. cite that example, but there there are a few where, you know, and it, that's all down to direction, don't get me wrong, at the end of the day when the directors come in and choose to shoot these scenes or whatever, but as far as, like, uh, like I said, ensemble cast and stuff like that, he's gotten a lot better, dude, especially, like I said, watch Dreamcatcher, and that's a fucking perfect example because it's sci-fi, it's horror, it's 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 funny in a lot of ways. It's yeah. got a great fucking cast in it to where, and it's a cabin in the woods kind of situation at the beginning, and it's great, dude. And that's one of my favorite fucking Stephen King adaptations right there. But if you look at how uh, over the years he's gotten better at it or whatever, it definitely was one of the first uh, go at it. And like I said, he didn't direct it or whatever, but just the way he writes, and I'm talking about his work and how it how it how it ends up on the screen. It's not necessarily talking about him, his work. But. Right? Yeah, no, definitely. So, how do you rate it, Ryan? How do you rate this from one to five? One to five. Oh gosh, um, I don't want to be like you know. Um, I mean, I love it so much, <laughs> but then there are some things that detract or whatever. I think I'd rate it. A four, honestly. Like that means you really like. According to Netflix, you really liked it. Yeah, you you didn't love it. Yeah, you really liked it. No, we said I did love it, but then like, yeah. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Don't be put words in my mouth, Alex. Well, then you love it, but you realize it's not a perfect 10. That means yeah, that... I love it, but I want to be fair. Okay, you love it, but you'll give it like a 9 out of 10 then. I'll give it 4.5 out of 5, yeah. Okay. Right. I'll give it a 10! A fucking 10! Dan, what do you give this from... Uh, do First do Netflix, then you could do technical. So Netflix, you know, liked it, really liked it, loved it. What do you, what do you give it? 1 out of 5. Uh, I'd definitely give it a 3. You liked it, okay. Yeah, you, I like this movie. What do you give it technically? Uh, technically speaking, I mean, oh, fuck, dude. Maybe, maybe a five or six. Six out of ten? Yeah, I mean, actually, no, fuck that, a five for sure. Five? Because, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I can't, I can't take away from the cheesiness, but that has nothing to do with the flick and a lot of aspects, yeah. because it just has to do with the time and... Yeah. All right. Well, uh... How about you? How about, wait, how about you, Alex? How yeah! About you? Uh, Netflix... One out of five, and those numbers meaning the words that they mean. I give it a five out of five. I love it. Uh, I've loved yeah. this movie for. Yeah, you have. I've loved it for uh, sixteen years. Uh, I started. I mean, wa- like you, like we what? talked about. Though I watched it the other night, and that is the same exact VHS tape that I watched it on when I was five. Oh, is that awesome? Like the same exact one. Like oh, I've God. never. I never yeah. bought the DVD or whatever. Like, that's the same. That's how I've always watched the oh. movie. And it's like, it's so worn out. Like, it's got little, little white lines all through it and stuff. You know, that's what, like like I said, nostalgic. That's, it, what, you know, that is that movie for me. Oh, yeah, it still plays. Yeah, he watched it that way, yeah. Oh, that's so oh, Yeah, did that's well, how I watched said that. Oh, my bad, dude. Yo, that's awesome, man. Yo, you should fucking. I know, I love it. I would totally have viewing parties if I could fucking. I, I have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three. Oh please, that's that's horrible. I like I even told I told Alex I have a VHS of, of Nightmare on Elm Street three Dream Warriors. That was my mom yes. when she was a teenager in the eighties. Wow, man. yes, dude, because <laughs> oh, he loved that movie. So she found it somewhere and gave it to me because she knew that I loved them. Jesus, so it's like awesome, sport, you know. My wow. I had the, that was one of my first VHS. Yeah, that's what Dan said on the commentary. Uh, for for technical ratings, um, I mean, uh, am I forgiving budget or no? Whatever, do whatever the fuck you yeah, want. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, let's forgive the budget. It is what it is. I mean, they did a they did an amazing effort. I think all the actors really loved what they were doing. I could tell. Yep. They did all they, they could do with what they could do, I feel like. You know what I mean? Definitely. Uh, because the some of the bad acting, because some of the uh, the dropped effects that could have been better, um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a 7.58, something like that. Really? Yeah, that's how I feel like oh. technically. Yeah, I mean, you know. Two things that I want to mention that I that I forgot to, there's a scene, one of my favorite scenes in the movie, because I just think it's, it's kind of like the bad acting thing, I love it so much, when Ben is writing the, you know, winter fire or whatever, his cousin walks in, oh, what you doing? And he, he's like, nothing, it's just for school. And yeah. he snatches the poem, he goes, ooh, a poem. And he goes, hey, mom, yeah, look, Benny's in love. Check it out, Benny's in love. And then, oh, and then Benny proceeds to beat the shit out of this. Yeah, she's like, you run!
ruffian. Wailing it. <laughs> that's all bad acting. That's that's definitely. I I see what Dan's saying. I guess if you look at yeah. it that way, but I think if you grew up with this and nostalgic wise, man, it's amazing. That shit puts blinders on your eyes because but that's like it's that's yeah. how it's supposed to be. Like that, I can imagine that scene any other way. You know, right? That's just how it is. I I just like, ooh a poem. <laughs> it's just bad. I I just think it's weird people. I don't think of it as bad acting. I just think it's like weird people. Yeah. Like that's true. Like people like camp in the beginning with with that. Like, and shit like that, yeah, oh, that's, that's just bad acting. Well, that was weird, though. That was meant to be weird, so... Right. All right, well, that was it. We hoped you enjoyed it. 